0: Good to see you, and thanks for being here. Uh, for those who don't know, my name's Pete, and uh, we're going to continue this morning in our holiday series where we're looking at the different days of Easter. So we've had Easter itself last weekend, uh, and today we're actually looking at uh, Pentecost. And welcome to the YWAM team as well. It's great to have you here. Um, today is traditionally called Pentecost or Whit Sunday, um, and we find the account of. Uh, Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 40 and we read in verse 1 it says when the day of Pentecost came they were all together in one place and if we read in chapter 1 we find that when it says all it means the disciples and the crew that were moving around with Jesus helping him and so they were all together in this one place The name Pentecost actually doesn't really describe what happened. It actually just tells us the day it happened on. And um, so Pentecost actually means 50th, and it was the 50th day after Passover in which the Jewish uh, people would celebrate one of three of uh, great festivals. And this was... um, This was a one-day festival, and it celebrated the end of the barley harvest and was called the Festival of Weeks, uh, another name, and it was a joyous time, and it was a time of giving great uh, thanks to God for his gifts. And in the rabbinic times, they also attached to it uh, the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai as well, and where they celebrated that God had given them the law, this code of conduct in which they would live by. Um, We know that when Jesus was crucified, it happened at the Passover. Um, For those, you you know, if we turn to the Gospels, an example would be the end of Mark, chapter 14. It says the disciples came to Jesus and said, where do you want us to go and make preparations ...for you to eat the Passover. And Jesus tells them to go into Jerusalem... ...and you'll find somebody, follow them... ...go to their house... ...and there'll be a room prepared for us to do the Passover. And that's what happens. And we know that that is the scene where the Last Supper happens. And so this um, event... uh, ...we know that Jesus was crucified at this time of Passover. So it's a sense of getting us engaged... I've got a little challenge for you. So if we were to celebrate Passover in 2021, what day would it be on? Now, for the first five people that come up here and tell me what day it will be on, I've got a little treat left over from Easter uh, that I will give to you. And it'd it'd be good if it was a, a child. Now, a clue is it's 49 days after Easter Sunday, that makes the 50. So, can anybody uh, tell me, or come up here and tell me, what date it would be this year? Working it out. Even if we get one person to be good. Now, boy is working that out, one of the things that you need to know is that Throughout the world, there are many churches that actually do pause on this day and celebrate it. We don't here, but they actually do. Yep, come on up. Um, Yes, this this new up here. Yep, anyone else? We've got one who's got it right. No, okay, so the date is... Actually, it's the... And we'll put it up on here. It is the 23rd of May, which is what you got. Well done. Let's give me a clap. Well done. Now, now, so you know, as I said, I had some treats left over from Easter. Are you excited about that? Cool. That's great. That's really good. Because I've got some carrots left over. Because I had them for the Easter bunny. Would you like that? just don't want that? Okay. Well, I've actually got some hot cross buns... But um, the use by date was sort of last week. (laughs) So, but I reckon if you put them in the toaster, they'll be okay. Do you want those? They are chocolate. Okay. No takers. How about Easter eggs? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a couple so that you're the only one. Okay. There you go. Great. Let's give him a clap. What's your name? I'm Henry Bruce. Oh, Henry Bruce. Well done. Yes. Henry, of course. (laughs) Well done, Henry. Thanks very much. Okay, so it would be the 23rd of May that we would celebrate Pentecost here. As I mentioned, I mention this because if you were to search for a meaning behind this name about what actually happens, you don't really get it. Um, But what we do know that this is a significant event, a significant moment in the time of uh, Jesus' ministry on earth. It is a moment where we see the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It is also a moment where we see the fulfilment of prophecy. Um, and I'm just going to read, uh, uh, actually what we're going to do now is just watch a video of some kids who actually summarise Pentecost for us. And they're summarising what happens in chapter uh, verses 2 through 12. So let's just watch this. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is where we are in the story. God made a perfect world. People messed it up. But God had a plan to rescue them. He sent his son, Jesus, to save everybody. So we could be with him. And to save us, Jesus had to beat death. After he did that, he went to heaven. But first he told his friends, the disciples, to wait. Because he was going to send them a gift, the Holy Spirit. So they waited. Even when there was a giant party going on outside, which was called Pentecost, with people from all over the world. The disciples stayed together, inside, waiting. (sighs) Suddenly there was a loud noise, like a really strong wind. It must have been pretty loud, because lots of people came to see what was going on. Then fire came down from heaven and landed on top of people's heads. This wasn't like the fire we're used to. It didn't burn them. This fire was way cooler. See what we did there? The disciples started speaking different languages. Languages they didn't even know. Or hadn't until then. They spoke Greek, Hebrew, Arabic, all sorts of languages. It was a miracle. A lot of people were amazed. Some were a little confused, and some didn't know what to think. But the disciples knew it was a special day. A guy named Peter spoke up. He reminded the crowd of who Jesus was and God's rescue plan for them. And lots and lots and lots of people believed. Anyone who believes in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. I believe. 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 believe. God had given them the Holy Spirit, and we can have the Holy Spirit too. But. That's not the end of the story.
0: It's great, isn't it? Great little summary of those uh, verses that were, which I'll read some of them out to you. So from verse two, it said, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And then how is it that each of us hear them in our native tongue? And then there is the list of the group of people that are there. And and at the end he says, We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. I wonder what they were saying. (laughs) It's quite amazing to think what it actually was that they were saying at that time. Um, How they were declaring the wonders of God and in verse 12 we read they were amazed and perplexed and they asked one another what does this mean this question what does it mean I think it's one really that has been put there for the millennia it's for all of us what does this mean and I hope it's a question that you know how to answer You know, there are many thoughts around this day. Um, There's been much discussion about it. And it would be fair to say that even the church at times is still a little (laughs) perplexed (laughs) about this day and still amazed. You know, we could chase a number of thoughts from it. One thought would be that we could follow that it is the continuation of Jesus' mission, In Acts 1, 4, we read this. that uh, Just before Jesus ascends to heaven, he says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, as we saw in this video, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in John 4, Jesus said this, All this I have spoken while you were with me, but the Advocate... The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Later on in John, he says, unless I go away, the counsellor will not come. Jesus is prophesying, is telling of what is about to happen, that the Holy Spirit is coming and that it, what its role it will be with us. And it makes sense when we put it in the context of Jesus' closing words in Matthew where he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Jesus would have had in mind when he said these words that the Holy Spirit is coming because there's no way these people could fulfil this mission if they did not have the Holy Spirit. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. We could also follow this train of thought, that it marks the beginning of the church. Just as Jesus' birth was marked by the presence and the activity of the Holy Spirit, particularly in Mary's life, so we could say this is the birth of the church the presence the activity of the holy spirit is at work and jesus was and is the first fruit of that activity and it is what we would say that the messiah is not isolated from his messianic people in fact milne says that no one can be reconciled to God without being reconciled to God's people. <laughs> yeah? There is nowhere in Scripture that we find that what we believe is a belief of solitary religion. It is, a, it is that we are part of God's family and so we could develop this as well. Or we could look at the meaning of the days in which all of this falls on. The parallels between Jesus' crucifixion at the Passover, or and then his um, then Pentecost, that it falls on this date, of uh, where the Jews celebrate the giving of God's uh, the, the, the God's great uh, generosity to them, particularly in that He gave them the law that was to help them to live. And here we could see now he's giving the spirit which helps us to live. In fact, this was prophesied throughout the Old Testament. And here's an example of this. In Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, "'And I will give you,' this is God, "'a new heart and a new spirit, "'and I will put within you, "'and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh "'and give you a heart of flesh.'" And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So we could develop all these different thoughts. But today, today there's one simple message that we want to bring. What we believe is an important message and it's centred in Peter's message. And... So we pick it up at verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. This crowd that was amazed and perplexed. This crowd that asked, what does this mean? And so he began... Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, That is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy and I'll show wonders in the heavens above And signs on earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter is now full of the Spirit, and now as he speaks, he moves this crowd that was amazed and perplexed to a place of conviction, a place that their hearts were cut. He moves this crowd that was amazed and perplexed to being decisive and responsive. And we've just heard other languages of the world. We wouldn't have understood, but there would be people that would have understood how beautiful it is. Peter does this. He moves this crowd, moves them from being um, just amazed and perplexed by showing them that what has happened is the fulfilment of this prophecy, that this was possible because Jesus was crucified and God raised him from the dead. Just as David foretold. As we, if we were to read through all of that passage. <clears throat> and it was God who raised him. And they, the disciples, were a witness to that. Jesus was raised from the dead. And because of that, he was exalted once he ascended to the right hand of God. And when he was there, he was able to receive the promise that God had promised the Holy Spirit, and he poured it out. And this is what they were seeing. And he finishes with these words, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, Lord and Messiah, the Christ. Now they understood the truth of what Jesus of Jesus, that he was both Lord and Christ. and they cry out, "What shall we do? What shall we do? And this message is for us today, when we hear this, what shall we do? in Acts 2:38. Peter replies, and he says this, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off us. (laughs) for all whom the Lord our God will call. These people were bewildered when they heard it in their own language. And my hope and our hope here is that you have heard it in your language, that you have understood the truth of these words that we've just read in your life and that you have moved from maybe just being amazed about it Or even perplexed, what is this all about? That you have been moved to a place of conviction. A place where your heart has been cut. And you've got, I've got to make a decision here. I've got to respond. It is my hope that that has happened in your life. And that you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. If you do, then you've come to appreciate this incredible gift that God has given us. But that gift includes the Holy Spirit the gift of forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this gift, it's not restricted, it's not limited, it's not measured. It's the same for all of us, every one of us. Sons, daughters, young men, old men, women, men. It doesn't know any boundary of gender, of age or rank in life. It's available for all. And when God pours out his spirit on our lives, we should have this expectation that to use Peter's words, in these last days, if we've repented, then we will know the spirit that has sealed us, that is the deposit, that is our guarantee, that dwells within In these last days, we should know the Spirit as the comforter, the counsellor, the teacher. In these days, we will know the Spirit who empowers us to witness to others. In these days, we will know the Spirit as one who gives us to serve. In these days, we will know the Spirit as one who convicts the world of sin, in these days, we will know the Spirit as the one who intercedes for us in our prayers. In these days, we will know the Spirit as the one who makes us new and gives us life. In these days, we will know that the Spirit sanctifies us and causes us to bear good fruit. What does it mean? <laughs> It means that this is an incredible gift that God has given us. Forgiveness and his Holy Spirit. These days, these last days, this message is given to you and me so that we can receive it. And when we receive it, we are blessed. What a privilege we have of knowing this. And that we can remember that this day, this day we call Pentecost. I'm going to pray. Father, we do thank you for these powerful truths that we are witnessing and exposed to here today. We would each of us here would know the truth of this in our lives and if we don't that this would be a moment where we would be moved and would be moved to make a decision yes Lord we pray this we pray Lord this too that if we have come complacent around the presence of your spirit in our lives let us be active in seeking to see its work in our life and in this world around us. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us this incredible gift of forgiveness and your spirit. In Jesus' name.